0: Start with singing. I like those ones. Strumming my pain <laughs> with his finger. I mean, more upbeat would be good. <laughs> oh. um, mm.
1: Gonna make you sweat.
0: That's exactly the song Baby. I have in my head. Is that Instagram
1: story? Cheers, anyway. <laughs> Cheers you, you to
0: the end of the season. You haven't had this shadi yet. Mm-mm. Woodlands. Oh yeah, it's mm. noise. Oh so good. It's noise. noise. It's different. It's noise.
1: Welcome to Behind the Clipboard, event experts empowering you to throw killer events for your business, workplace, social circle and beyond. We're giving you the Insider Toolkit, allowing you to make your events the talk of the town. Produced by Known Associates Events, it's time to open the backstage curtain and unleash your world of events expertise. Hello and welcome to Behind the Clipboard podcast. I am your host Tamara Cook, and I'm Melissa Howie, my co-host. Yeah.
0: I was like, <laughs> did I just get a downgrade? <laughs> I don't
1: know why I said that. We are both hosts on equal footing. <laughs> Thank you. Um. Oh, Mel, what a year it's been! Crazy year. Nearly at the end. It feels like we're like just crawling to the end of the finish line. Yeah,
0: limping over. <laughs> yeah, but amazing. And we had such a good season on the podcast. So many interesting guests. We have,
1: yeah. Did you want to tell me who,
0: what your highlights have been for Season 5? Yeah, definitely. So one of my favourites was learning about the mysterious thing that these young kids call TikTok <laughs> <laughs> from the wonderful Georgia Wiley uh, at Perth Feast. Plus we talked a lot about food, which is a no-brainer for me. Yeah. That, Always in my top. That podcast
1: sent me straight down to Fremantle to book into tonic and ginger Mm, (laughs) (laughs) don't tell georgia i know it was so good i I think i went you know two days after
0: we recorded you did actually i remember
1: yeah but that was pretty amazing tiktok is tiktok is a thing yeah and businesses need to get on
0: it yeah and that was georgia's key takeaway as well if you're a business owner just get on and start experimenting there's nothing really to lose Mm, except from time probably and procrastinating
1: (laughs) yeah definitely i saw a um a blog about it the other day saying, (laughs) it's not just for teenagers anymore. There's loads of 40 to 50 to 60 year olds (laughs) on it. I was like, that's my demographic. (laughs) Facebook has got you now. (laughs) Insta ads. What was it? Yeah. Maybe they're moving away from Facebook and I don't think that's going to happen quickly, but it's definitely happening. Yeah. Agreed. Going to
0: the top. What about you? What was one of your highlights?
1: Well, oh gosh, I love so many episodes. It's so nice to just sit down and chat to lots of people in Perth and hear all their stories, especially because we had a bit of a a focus on COVID and how they'd come through it. And that was really interesting and kind of cathartic. Um, But, you know, I can't go past that episode with Tez, Terence, our intern. I just adore that man. He's (laughs) so fun, so insightful, so hardworking. And the episode was just so light and easy and it was
0: a really good chat. It it was just really enjoyable. And he had some really good points as well, which I enjoyed. He did. I'd actually never thought about the similarities between theatre production and stage. But if, you know, if anyone had asked me about it, I would have thought, yeah, they're pretty similar. Yeah. But Terrence really opened my eyes to that.
1: Theatre and events? Yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, I didn't
0: finish that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: all right, I can finish your sentences <laughs> yeah. for you. My Excellent. darling co-host. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was really good and I also loved, it was very serious and it was a bit of a, a turn. So episode 46 was with duo events. Um, it was a little bit out of the ordinary because we were talking about the events industry as a whole and the standards in it fascinating Mm -hmm. and we went for a really long time because there's so much to unpack I found their their perspective really interesting and I was just sitting there going yep uh uh-huh 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 so many points that they made um yeah it was an important chat it was a really important chat on how we can take our industry forward and weed out the people that may not uh may not take it as seriously as they need to or may not be as educated as they need to be Um, or just hold those high standards that need to go with the industry. So, yeah, it would be interesting interesting to see where it goes in terms of regulation um, and see if there's any change, especially since COVID hit and there's a big – there's a microscope on our industry. People are looking at it a little bit more at what it is as a whole because we've been often bunched into the travel, tourism and events category Whereas events is really a standalone thing. It's a standalone industry and it needs its own set of regulations and standards. So, yeah, episode 46, I found that um, an enjoyable one to partake in.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed that one as well. Another highlight for me was breaking down the world of fundraising with Tim Gossage. Oh, yeah. He's always a hoot to have around and there were so many fun anecdotes and interesting stories along the with it yeah and I've you know I've been in the charity biz for a fair while now and I was still learning new things from him so oh, really yeah Fascinating. yeah it was really awesome
1: he's got that like totally different perspective yeah you know we're we're totally behind the scenes he's in front of the camera in front of the lights in front of the people raising like doing the doing so yeah his perspective was great
0: yeah super helpful so that was episode 48 And 49 I also loved because I love Blake's voice. Like like I could listen to that man's sweet dulcet tones all day. (laughs) Oh,
1: yes, we love There's a reason
0: he gets a gig on radio, you know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and he's got his fingers in so many pies and his insight is really great as well. So that was good to hear about the music industry and then all the different things he's got going on with his show on Foxtel. Um, I love, for the same reasons, I think I loved episode 42 with Champagne Duo. Um, They... Literally sang to us on the podcast, Mm, which was beautiful. They serenaded us. They did. And there's just such an energy with those two. I really enjoyed that one.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I loved overall about this season, it was such a nice heartwarming season. We got people in to talk about the challenges of COVID. Some people we'd already had in and interviewed and asked about their core business. We got them back in to talk about COVID and the overwhelming response was, you know what, it was challenging, I learned a lot about myself, but all these new opportunities have opened up or mm. I had to pivot, that word everybody hates, and I'm doing something that's really exciting and I never thought I was going to be able to do pre-COVID.
1: Yeah, definitely some new businesses have just bloomed out of COVID, uh, the COVID era. Oh, it's funny how we talk about it being over when we're still know. right smack bang in the middle of it. Uh, With all these new strands. Yeah, (laughs) all these strands. I think we're getting better. So uh, maybe it's a positive thing that we're talking in past tense Hmm. about COVID, but it's probably that this is the new normal. We're living in it now. So yeah, hopefully people do keep reinventing themselves and um, the businesses that closed, hopefully those
0: business owners have opened up with a new idea. It's funny. I never thought I would live through a world event that defined time so strongly as COVID like, everything now is pre-COVID or post-COVID. Yeah. You know, like, you know, the world wars, depressions, all yeah. that sort of stuff. And, you know, none of that really has been in my lifetime. But this is – it's such a strange way to change the phrasing of time. Mm,
1: yeah. And it's a horrific way to bind people together, but mm. that's what's happened. And, yeah, it is interesting to think of it that way.
0: Yeah. Before the war,
1: after the war, before COVID, after COVID. It's the thing of our generation. Yeah. It's sad. but yeah, (laughs) silver
0: linings exactly been getting stronger through it
1: yeah and it you know the last century went through the exact same thing it's just that we now are recording everything so much more than in that time so hopefully when it happens in the next hundred years people will be ready
0: for whatever comes their way so we also put it out to instagram this week to ask our listeners and followers what questions they wanted to know from us.
1: Yes, exciting. It is exciting. We we had some
0: really great answers. Yeah, yeah, we got some great (laughs) questions through.
1: I think, what are we going to do about three of them today?
0: Yeah, we're going to focus on a few of them. There was a core theme across them all. So we had a question about event sponsorship, which is a really important part part of an event. The question was around whether they are an important part of the event and I think it really comes down to primarily budget and the purpose of your event mm. so the budget obviously it's a bit of a no-brainer if you need the money you need to go out for sponsors if you can't afford to do everything you want to do then you need to get some other people involved to help bankroll it yep the other one that is really important and isn't necessarily financial is why you're doing the event so if you're having a intimate networking event with your closest clients suppliers you may not want to share those relationships with anyone else and that is a you know a great uh, reason not to get some sponsors on board, but if you're doing an industry event or a conference that's all about collaboration, education, innovation, then it's definitely worthwhile getting like-minded businesses involved to be, even just for products, not necess- not necessarily cash for the budget. But having all those people involved, they can also help you spread the word. It helps with marketing. It's not always just about your bottom line.
1: Yeah, that's definitely where I see the value in sponsors, especially when you said education and innovation and you want it to go. Events are so much more than just the people in the room. They go so many places. Um, It's spread all over social media. So if you've got sponsors and it's going over an extra 10 social channels – Apart from yours, you're winning straight away because they're going to want to promote the event that they're supporting. Um, yeah, adds value in so many ways, not mm-hmm. just monetary. And they're also bringing in their networks in into the room, so yeah, potentially, new markets for yeah, you. Um, potentially people are going to buy tickets because they see a certain person sponsoring it, and that's important to them. They follow that brand. They're like, okay, if I'm on board, or if that brand's on board, this event sounds like
0: it's a good event to go to. Yeah, and I think the question sounds like that person may have had um, some challenges in the past with sponsorship relationships, but it's all about how you start that relationship, how you source them to make sure they're like-minded and to keep that relationship going throughout the event stage, whether that's a three-year contract or it's just a one-year engagement. So we did talk about this in, I think it was about episode 15 or that midway through season two called the C word and that was oh, I
1: love that it episode. It was so
0: fun to record. Um bec- yeah, I won't give away the secret. You have to check out why we loved it so much. <laughs> but it was a really fun one about um cultivating those relationships and nurturing them once they are yeah, established.
1: Oh, absolutely, Mel. It's so important to um keep those relationships going. If it's just a one-off and you really don't give value apart from just delivering a sponsorship asset for that event, if it's just for that event, I don't think it's it's going to be as strong or as valuable as if you nurture it, like you said.
0: Yeah. What else did we get from our followers and listeners?
1: Uh, questions. Oh, there was one about picnics. Oh, I love a good picnic. Yes. Coming into summer as well. I know. Um, it was a community event by the sounds of it. And look, picnics are fantastic. The specific question was around
0: what's the best atmosphere the to be, create? Yeah,
1: best atm- atmosphere at picnic. So, well, when you picture a picnic, you think of a rug, you think of a basket, you think of everyone kind of sitting uncomfortably unless you're a five-year-old because you got to get down and then you got to get back up again. Maybe there's a barbecue burning close by, but it can be so much more. So you can bring in beautiful low-lying tables, really, really comfy big square cushions to sit on um, and many more cushions around that to lean on. You can style with florals, which, you know, it, it depends on the level of the picnic that you're doing, but you can easily style with florals. I think it's a really great thing to bring in unexpected entertainment as well. Often picnics are in very public spaces and What's better than, you know, focusing on the people that have been invited and they're there but drawing in the crowds that are around and bringing them into the experience as well? So you could have something like a flash mob or Ooh, love some it. dancers come through. Yeah, just um, – or a singer and, yeah, it's entertaining everyone else in the public space but then they're going to – especially for community events, they're going to be drawn in and come in to your little circle. So there's a lot you can do with picnics entertainment-wise. But you do have to consider when you're outside, consider the basics like shade, make sure you're providing water. Um, It's great, you know, typically people bring their own picnic food, but it's wonderful when you've got some sort of food truck or particularly coffee van close by um, where people can go if they do run out or if they need something else and just need to jump and go and get something from a vendor that can be brought to the site. It doesn't have to be right near your area because it can be noisy with generators and things like that. But um, What okay. about a
0: good grazing board? It's, I oh. love a good nibble at a picnic. Oh,
1: yeah. That goes without saying. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Did we need to mention that? <laughs> <laughs> I just
0: always have to mention cheese, okay? <laughs> okay, okay. Cheese and Chardonnay, we are, drinking chardonnay are in the so. basket. <laughs> yeah, it's on my mind.
1: Um, But you do need to consider if it's a big event that um, you may need to get permits, some sort of council approval um, and if there's alcohol being consumed and there's a lot of people and it's a public space, you may need security and licensing for that. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Good to know. What about signage? I think if at a community event, do you think... Maybe Wayfinding. having the yeah or the and the hashtag if people are coming around be like oh what's that why is the flash mob being all fancy
1: ah right so to promote yeah. the event going forward yeah yeah great idea yeah easy place to just you know stick a sign in the grass mm. awesome easy
0: although trap for young players also beware of wind I've had a bad experience recently weight <laughs> everything down let Somebody me tell you. <laughs> Not that type of wind, damn God, uh, you're so yeah. embarrassing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you definitely need to weight things um, and be careful if you're sticking things in the ground of sprinklers and sprinkler lines. Oh, yeah. Maybe go with an A-frame. It's a, a very heavy
0: A-frame. Yeah, that's a good tip. <laughs> so we've had another one about how do you give your guests the best experience at an event? this is our bread and butter. We love talking about this. Tam, yeah, what I, are your top tips? In fact,
1: I have a whole workshop on this <laughs> very topic. Um, oh, look. Unique Entertainment. There's a whole blog on Known Associates events um, website on Unique Entertainment and how to choose that and how to choose things that just a little bit left of the middle that people don't see. And it doesn't have to be... Um, something that people haven't seen before, but it could be something people haven't seen before at that particular event style. Mm. So you may see a magician quite often roaming the room at a black tie event, but do you see a magician quite often roaming the room at a baby shower? Probably not. Mm. I know, different. It's going (laughs) to... You've got this look on your face like, "Mm, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe disappear that belly. (laughs) No,
0: I'm just... Yeah. Yeah, I love magic. Let I mean, let me rephrase that. Perhaps
1: <laughs> that wasn't the right example. But, you know, mixing it up where you've got yeah. unique inter- entertainment. If you can find something that people, most people haven't seen, then you're winning. But if you can mix it up between event styles, that'll yeah. also be unexpected for your guests.
0: Yeah, and in COVID times, that's pretty tricky to import entertainment no one's seen at the moment. Yeah, that's true.
1: Um, a big focus that I have in the Behind the Clipboard workshop is following the five senses, so hitting the five senses. Actually, I talk about six. So, obviously, yeah, I know. Mm, oh, tell Mel's me more. Look. Mel's got a look on her face. <laughs> um, so, obviously, sight, sound, taste, touch and smell are your five cores. And then, so you want to hit those senses with um, a beautiful room, um, different fabrics over furniture or on the walls for touch. Um, smells of cooking obviously food is a good one florals is a good one they're two of the most basic but you can pump event scents into rooms you can burn candles there's so many ways that you can bring scents in Um, for taste it doesn't have to stop with food it can be different cocktails or having uh, deconstructed cocktails. So you could have a, a cocktail sample sitting on a on the bar and it'll have all the little parts that will go in to make that cocktail. So it might be the spices and the um, herbs and people can come and smell that before they actually order and partake in the cocktail. Mm. Um, but the sixth sense that is not really a sense, but I call it a sense, is proprioception. And it's the it's the body's relationship to things moving around them so it's it's to do with movement and how you feel when there's movement around you it could be um something swaying in the wind like a fabric billowing in the wind it could be the Burning fire, a fire burning in in the corner. It could be a flickering of a candle, and your body has a reaction to movement around you—a physical reaction. Hmm. So yeah, it's a it's a tricky one. Interesting, and it works. It really I won't remember is. the name of that <laughs> proprioception. Say
0: that fast five times. <laughs> <laughs> nope,
1: not after this chardonnay. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a good one. And then yeah. obviously the staples are good food,
0: good beverages good service. Absolutely. No point having good beverages if no one's giving you one. You're <laughs> dying out, you've got an empty glass. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So what do you think gives your guests the best experience that can possibly have at an event Mel?
0: So I think personalization is a really great thing to enhance your guest experience at an event.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: And you can do it, you know, extravagantly and really luxurious or you can do it in really cost effective ways. So for example, you could decal their name on the back of each chair instead of a seating plan if it's a small, intimate dinner.
1: Yeah, we've done that. We had a yes, beautiful… I loved
0: it. I was a guest. It was so nice. Yes,
1: it was a <laughs> long table dinner and instead of doing name cards or place cards, we decal, we had um, oh, ghost, they weren't ghost chairs. What's yeah. The, what's the name of that round back… I've forgotten its name, but it was a beautiful round back chair. They're often done as ghost chairs so that you can see through them. These were black and we did a um, mirrored gold decal with everyone's name on the back. So it, it looked like a throne and the women
0: walked in and they were just, oh,
1: look, this is my chair. <laughs> everybody
0: it. had to have a photo, of course, from the back with their yes, name. Yes,
1: doing the slight head turn. Yes. So simple and so effective.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I suppose this goes back to – we've often said you can learn a lot from weddings because they're so detailed and so generous usually. It's your friends and family. Mm. But instead of place cards, again, having something like branded lint chocolate bar with their name on the inside when they open it up or even on the front would be better as a place card, I'm thinking now. Yeah,
1: beautiful. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't like chocolate? And, uh, yeah, chocolate with your name on it, even better. Exactly. No one's sharing it.
0: Yes. And then I think we talk about this a lot, um, about it evoking that sense of joy and taking people back to that childhood wonder. Yeah. So we've, there's a few things, few ways you can do that. Tam, what are they?
1: Um, ball pits. <laughs> <laughs> just anything that sparks joy in, the, you know, children just have the ability to play totally uninhibited. It's. A sad thing that adults need alcohol to get on the dance floor, and that's a huge generalisation. But most of the population is more likely to get up and just be free and easy after a few drinks. Kids ha- don't have that, don't have those in- inhibitions. So, mm. bringing people back to that childlike wonder and that joy, um, an example could be putting in a ball pit because you used to dive into ball pits when you're kids, so Mm -hmm. that is definitely associated with being a kid. Um, Bubble blowing. Bubble blowing competitions with actual bubble gum. Um, Bringing in board games like Twister, things that are really physical that people can play against each other. Um, Even just having a theme where you're you're dressing up Immediately puts you back into that childlike wonder state because when you're a kid, you dressed up all the time. You dressed up to go down to the shop. (laughs) You dressed up, my kids dressed up as Superman and Batman and Spider Man every time we went. I remember for a
0: solid year at least.
1: At least three. (laughs) And that was inside the house, outside the house. I tried to discourage it outside the house, which I'm not sure if that was good parenting or bad parenting, but they loved being somebody else. Adults love it too. Yeah. It's just a fact. So there's lots of different ways you can bring that back. The example that you gave with personalization, with the chocolate bar, mm. that takes you straight back to a childhood story of Willy Wonka and the golden ticket and you open something up and wow. Yeah. People love it.
0: I think really bright colours helps do that. Sure. Sense of spaciousness, all that sort of thing.
1: Yep. Music. That's why silent discos work really well. Yeah. People kind of get in the zone when – You can't hear anybody else, but you can just hear the music. (laughs) I don't know. For some reason, they lose a few inhibitions. Yeah, that's that's
0: true, actually. Sans alcohol, usually.
1: Mm, (laughs) Quite often.
0: Yeah. Another question we had submitted from our listeners was about Christmas parties. So, how to make the most of it, how to stand out. It's just so many on this time of year. Mm. Tam, what would be your tips? Very timely
1: question. Mm -hmm. Um, Look. My biggest thing is get the invitation right. So understand your audience. Do you everyone at this time of year is getting a million and one invitations. Your invite has to stand out for whatever reason. It could be the actual physical invitation that is delivered. It could be the way that it's delivered. Um I was think I was gonna Give examples. So you know, if it is a physical invite and it's a small, intimate party, perhaps you have the budget to have it delivered by someone really fun or famous, or have it sung to them in their office. They're going to go to your event if you do something like that. That's really OTT. Um, but if it's just a, if it's an emailed invitation, have really standout copy where people are going to identify with the writing or it's just going to be punchy and different to come to my Christmas party at five o'clock and we'll have drinks and food you know say we you know this is no don't say this is the party of the year I can't think of a really good example but (laughs) really fun punchy copy that's going to make people go oh that's a bit different dress code naked, maybe they'll come.
0: Oh God. (laughs) I don't know if I'd come to that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no. I I love it. (laughs) But um You can hint at things coming that are fun.
1: The point is, yeah, it it is at the invitation stage that you've got to grab people. Otherwise it's just gonna be another invitation in the big mill of invitations that you're gonna get over November, December. And yeah, you'll choose probably the people that you like the most.
0: Yeah. And it does come back to that really. It's People, you're inviting, make sure that you have a real connection throughout the year with the people you're inviting to your Christmas party. So there's no point just sending them a once-off invitation. If you haven't engaged with them through the year, you haven't built a solid relationship, they're probably not going to come to your event. And going one step back even, consider not doing it in December, people, please. <laughs> yeah,
1: the best Christmas party client Christmas party yeah. I've ever done was in February. Mm, and I it was, it. Yeah, it's perfect because... You're not competing with all the people over December. Uh, You get through that holiday period. A lot of people are off over January. So February, everyone's still in kind of that party mode. It's still in Australia. It's still summer. It's warm. Um, You're just off. You're refreshed. You're off Mm. the back of the holidays and you come in a couple of weeks into work, getting back into the grind and then
0: whoo. There's a party. You're probably having party withdrawals, actually. You probably go to the opening of an envelope in February. Yeah,
1: exactly. It <laughs> is so there you go. Prime time. You've
0: heard it here first, people. Mm-hmm. February Christmas parties. Love it. Even July. Like, you know, if you're just doing it to catch up with your clients, your friends, it doesn't have to be a Christmas one. You can celebrate any time of year, which is...
1: This is true. Yeah. And then you're not competing. Exactly. Yeah. I hate it when people say, let's catch up before Christmas. Oh, I know. And it's two weeks to Christmas and you're just like, buddy, it's not going to no happen. Chance. No
0: chance. And most businesses get busy. Like everyone wants everything before we go on Christmas break and then most businesses take a break. So... There's no chance. People just don't have the time to go to every Christmas party they're invited to.
1: Yeah. You can't be hung over that much. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And you just can't eat that much. I get indigestion. (laughs) I I can't
0: condone that comment. (laughs) (laughs) There is not a – well, no, there is such a thing as too much food, but – I have a limit. Yeah. No, I do as well. So – Thank you to everyone who submitted questions, in particular Andy Z and everyone else. Yeah, it
1: was really lovely. It's so nice to hear from our community. It's um it's probably a good time to do a call out to remind you guys to to like and subscribe and leave us a review because we'd love to hear what else you'd love to hear on the podcast, what you enjoy about it. Um yeah, just from our, our community because I know that that you're all over the world and it's just an absolute joy to be able to record this podcast and speak to you all on a regular basis and to share our knowledge, which is
0: why we started it, isn't it, Mel? Yeah. Yeah, it's summarized very nicely, Tam. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> You're getting emotional after a few sips of wine. Oh, I know. I know.
1: <laughs> it's such a beautiful community. It really is. I mean, us eventis,
0: yeah. we're crazy people. Yeah. We're just really,
1: we're, we're, we're an odd bunch.
0: <laughs> but yeah, we love chatting about it. Love Passing on our knowledge.
1: Love working hard and love hearing the stories. Yeah. So what do you think um, – I've got a few ideas of what we're going to focus on for next season mm. coming to you uh, – coming at you in 2022. Oh, God. What do you think of um, focusing on Zoom and hybrid events? Yeah, love I, it. That is, you know, a staple now yeah. in the, the new normal world. Um, choosing the right – audio-visual team. Mm. Huge, huge pressure, because you can do everything you can to have this event prepped. All of the beautiful graphics that are going on screen, all of the music ready, all of those things. And if your delivery team for the audio-visual isn't up to scratch, it reflects really poorly on you as an event manager. Absolutely. Such an important, important part of
0: corporate events in particular, but any event really. Yeah, and in no way related, but maybe we've got a hot new one for event fails coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, along those lines. Yeah. <laughs>
1: we are uh, definitely not lived experience. A uh, no. friend
0: told us. That. Yeah, friend of a friend. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, event disasters. We'll have to revisit yeah, that one. Everyone loves those. Yep. Um, so this is, a, this is one that came out of the non-associates office um, from Justine. She said, how about what to look for at a venue when you go to a site visit? So there's little nitty gritties about, you know, entry points, exits, where can I put the signage? What's your audio visual like? What can I choose off the menu? Where are the toilets? Are there going to be other events on at the same time as our events on, which may affect sound? Mm. Things like that. Is there a win factor to consider? (laughs) I feel like I'm doing the show right now. Yeah, you know, (laughs) it's it's a it's a niche. Like I feel like next season we can knuckle down on some real niche topics within our industry and give some
0: really valuable um, insight into what to look for. There's so many elements to events and to event management and. There's so many things you can't control, but there's so many things that you can do to mitigate those risks as well. It's a great season coming at you next season. (laughs) It will be.
1: We're going to go back to where we began. So, Mel, take us out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're cooked for this season, I think, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for season five. Yeah, thank you. loved all the interviews, all the feedback from you, the questions. Um, And, yeah, we're working hard to come up with a really exciting season six.
1: Yeah. So follow us on Instagram, like, subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. And we are off to an event. Surprise, surprise. All right.
0: I am due for some cheese. Bye. See you in 2022. Thanks for tuning in. For your chance to have
1: your questions answered or join our conversation, follow us on Instagram at Behind the
0: Clipboard Podcast.